I would say my biggest advice to younger people is um, like not to get caught up in titles. John always says burger, burger, yeah, like, like, for, like yeah, burger. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like if it was written in Cyrillic though, like I can't read it. You know, I, I don't know. This is burger. How much, man? Not much. Yeah. Had, uh, had your lift and everything? It went well, man. I mean, it was just a chill day. You know, I've been lifting a lot recently. Um, just because, you know, just so much more free time, you know, it's really nice to get back in there. But no, it was a yeah. chill day. I just kind of like... What's your what's your spring term class? I'm taking this uh, this business AI class with Professor Gilbert. It's pretty interesting. Business AI? Yeah. Well, oh, it's not like, that sounds very daunting. It's not as daunting as it sounds. I mean, I'm, I love AI. I yeah, think that's it's cool. It, it's really interesting, actually. I've learned a lot in that class, but um, it's more like about like the implications of AI more than actual like, you know, coding AI or anything like that. You know, it's more like... You know, how can you incorporate it into your workflow? Like what jobs mm-hmm. are going to be affected by it and stuff like that. It's not really like too much technical. Stuff. So you're talking about like chat GBT and yeah, yeah. I mean, like well, well, anything, honestly, anything that has to do with automation. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about like, for example, some stuff that Amazon does or um, other companies and kind of what jobs are starting to fizzle out yeah. because of that. Um, and it's really interesting to see just like how much it's blown up in the past. Scary stuff. It's, it's weird. It's weird, man. Like, um, I don't know. Are you familiar with uh, Moore's Law at all? Have you heard about that? No. Basically, oh, I forget. It's like transmitters on... Um, basically, he was like a, an engineer of some sort. And basically... Oh, let me look it up so I don't tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But basically, technology, technology doubles every two years. Like, and it's like an exponential Whoa. growth. It's like, it's like something on like transmitters. Let me see really fast. No, that does make sense because um, there was a... I don't want to get the, the statistic wrong, but there was more data on the internet from like 2000 to 2001 or something like that than all um like written history combined up to that point or something like that yeah. or there, there's more things published on the internet in that one year than any like all written history com- I, I don't know the exact thing but it's i mean that makes sense yeah no okay so i just looked at it it's like the number of transistors i'm not an engineer so i can't tell you exactly what that okay. is but on like circuits um it doubles every two years according to this man and it's held true until now so basically just like the the computing power of everything doubles which is insane that's scary. i don't know like it just it's wait weird. so what does that mean because i hear circuits from my friends that are in um they just not, i mean i don't know i'm not in an engineer. engineering i'm not yeah. an engineer but I, I assume it has something to do with um the information transmission or something that's like, like that. different than like, code i think so yeah okay. uh, like like for example i don't know when i think of that i think of something like i'm talking right on my ass right now bro. no no you're, you're good you're good no i don't but think like, anyone's fact checking no right but now, like so. but like for like for example um i don't know how how closely you follow like telecommunication or anything like that but like the 5g rollout for yeah, example, yeah yeah like that allows i can't give you specific numbers mm-hmm. but like infinitely more data than 4g or 3g combines um so just like the the rate at which it's all progressing is insane, and you know it's exponential. Like it's not like it's like a constant scale, like a one, like yeah. a slope yeah, yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like it's like it's going, it's up, going and up, up and up and up. Wow, and um, it's just doubling and just doubling. At that's, least, yeah, that's what we've been talking about in the class, and it just it's crazy, dude. Because like, I don't know, it's one thing like before, you know, the industrial revolution. It's kind of how a lot of people it seems to um, they seem to like you know slice it off it's like mm-hmm. pre-industrial revolution like you know much slower change but yeah. after like i mean just look at the change from the 60s to the 90s from the 90s to now you know 
like or even when you were a kid when you were kids now like <laughs> I, don't, I don't know like could you imagine like, like there's something you think of like when you think of the scary stereotypical like geeky kid in a movie or whatever oh i created my own code to write my own essay yeah you know like at least that's what i think of like a nickelodeon yeah, no, show no, like I agree, a geeky I agree. kid with the glasses like, yeah hey, yeah yeah, you know? yeah but now yeah. like anyone can do that because it's like everyone has access to something like that dude i i didn't think i guess it's funny because these were all things are like, oh, like that's not going to happen. Then it happens. Yeah. And then someone else comes out with something in a movie and they're like, oh, well, that's that's the that's the line. That's ridiculous. But then yeah. it happens. I know. You know, we're talking about going to Mars. Yeah. Um, that's that's crazy. No, but that, that yeah, that's fun. I, I always liked AI stuff. Just I don't know enough about it. That's why I'm sitting down with um, I sat down with a couple other people that like know a lot more about open AI and, and computer automation, but you're talking about the industrial revolution. I took uh, a class my fresh, my first semester of my freshman year. It was econ 180, fourth industrial revolution about, you know, the rise of AI and all these jobs that are going to be replaced. And it was a little bit harder than I anticipated because I saw econ 180 and I was like, oh, that looks interesting. I didn't really consider that. It's like probably a little more advanced than just a traditional intro level econ class. So mm -hmm. we're talking about, all right, well, if China produces a Tesla, you know, this, like this much cheaper. And then, you know, the, the Uganda comes out with this or you, at the same time, how's that going to affect the curve in Canada? Yeah. I was no, like, it's, what the it's, it's fuck crazy. is that? Well, it's yeah. crazy how like everything's linked, you know, whether you like to think about it or not, yeah. like, everything, especially today. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's really weird to think about. It's really interesting. No. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's cool stuff, but at some point I just, I get lost when, yeah. um, I don't know if you know, you need to listen to, um, what's his name? Lex Friedman. Do you know him? I've heard the name before. Yeah. I've heard the name before too. And then, uh, Alex Wynette, I, I sat down with him and he, he, uh, suggested that I listen to him and that guy's like, it may, he may be too educated on it where like, at least when I sit down and listen to it, like he's too educated where I like don't even know the terms. I'm sure that would happen. Yeah, yeah he's sure using terms I don't even understand, but um, it's still really cool for him to talk about because he's on Joe Rogan's podcast a lot Ooh. and they get into the latest chat GPT-4 and um, now the new chat GPT, originally it, it only used, it could only acquire data from like up to 2021. Mm -hmm. Now it has everything. That's, that's crazy. So, and it learns every single time like someone's using it. So it's like probably learning every half second, yeah, every second. No, so, insane. I mean, it's, yeah, it's freaky stuff, but, uh, it's cool. I mean, it's the future. So I guess yeah. we got to learn how to, the way I see it, like whoever can like use it the best, mm -hmm. be, like the one that's, you know, gonna, it's kind of like a, like a sinker. You think it'll be like the next big Amazon? Like, remember when Amazon over COVID like took off and Jeff Bezos, like I never heard of Jeff Bezos before, uh, uh, COVID. And then yeah. he became, what the first person over a hundred billion dollars, I think, or yeah. he's, I don't know. It's ridiculous, but he, that skyrocketed to like the largest thing. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm afraid like whoever invented chat GPT, like that's going to be the new thing that controls everything. <laughs> Very, I mean, I mean, possibly. Yeah. I, I think for sure. One of the big things we're talking about in, um, in my business AI class, my, my spring term classes this, this semester is that like, you know, a lot of companies, it's, uh, sorry, you want me to get closer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, I, was just no, thinking, no. I was just thinking about that. You're good, you're good. Um, one of the things we're learning about is that a lot of companies are jumping towards this automation because a lot of times it, it does, like, cut prices, it cuts back on labor costs, and it, yeah. like, um, you can automate the mundane tasks. It just, it improves the workflow, like, 10 times over, like, ridiculous. So I think even if, like, 
chat GPT specifically doesn't like take over. Like I think it's going to be in a lot of different places, mm-hmm. like really, really, really soon. Yeah. No, I mean, and not only is it, not only is it, um, it increases productivity and efficiency, but it also has less, it, it it's cheaper, but it also screws up less. You know, mm-hmm. you can count on it. Hey, follow this code. And if it's a, if it's that re- repetitive, um, I guess low, like what we called it in that Econ 1A class is like that repetitive, um, not low IQ, but just, it, it doesn't take a lot of, um, that doesn't have a lot of variability. Right. Right. right, right. The same thing over and over. hundred percent. So that would take a human infinitely longer. Completely yes, agree. Yes. What is really interesting though, is like when you try to push it to do other stuff, that's a little bit harder, has a little bit more variability mm-hmm. and it ends up messing up. And then it takes a lot more labor hours to go back and find the mistakes. What do you, you like? Know? What's an example you think about? Well, for example, think of, um, no, I mean, I, I know what you mean. I just didn't know if you haven't had an example on top of your head. No, not off the top of my head. Like, for example, I don't know, if you try to automate um, an application process, you know, for a job or whatever, and you miss some stellar candidates and you want to, like, go back or whatever, like, it takes forever to, like, go through that mm-hmm. second time around, you know? Um, and that's also another thing we're talking about in our class is, like, how, you know, software, a lot of times they bake in the biases that the creators have or like that the data has that they're drawing off of, you know? Yeah. Like it's, it's a little bit harder because a lot of times, you know, they are drawing only from data. Um, and if that data is like skewed for whatever reason, you know, it's going to spit out a product that's also skewed. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, it's a product of like, its creator basically. No, 100%. Like if you tell AI to look for certain keywords, you know, uh, I don't know for an application or whatever. And some people have keywords and other people don't. Um, you can completely miss those people that don't have them, even mm. though they might have a great resume. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Like, like he's like, yeah, yeah. it's like the, the like, like it is great because it scans through stuff that would take humans, like infinitely longer to do. But at the same time, like it does have its faults. You know, like, oh, it's, not like, it's not like a perfect machine. Yeah, I mean, it's great again for the mundane tasks where like, you know, it's just completely repetitive, very little little variability. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. At least from what I've learned in my class and I've read on my own, like when you start to try to put stuff that requires a little bit more human-like traits, Mm -hmm. I guess I could say, you know, it bounces around a lot more and it's not nearly as accurate. And sometimes even it could cost more to um, go back and fix the mistakes Mm -hmm. than actually just having a human do it from the start. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's interesting to see, like, I don't know. Um, I mean, it seems like, yeah, whenever you have to ask something to adapt, how are you going to, it's really difficult for, um, and, this is this is where humans are limited. We're, how do we create code or these steps for something to follow, but also create code for okay, this just came across you. Now you have to adapt and change. And I mean, humans do that, you know, naturally. So mm-hmm. once it reaches that point where it can, you know, get around that or at least over over that hurdle of adaptation and you know the, the red flag, yeah. what do we do? Yeah. Um, that's scary stuff. I mean, but they are at the point where there's a robot. Um, and this is what we read again in that econ 180 class is there's a robot that will perform like an open heart transplant or some crazy surgery that has like a hundred percent success rate. But then they polled people and they said, would you rather have a, a really good or like the world's best human surgeon? That is, it's a human, he's human or she's human. They're capable of making mistakes. Um, you know, you don't know what happened the night before to them. I mean, they, they may have a lot on their mind. You could either risk that or 
do you trust a robot that has 100% success rate? And a lot of people were like, no, I'd rather have the human because I don't think people are ready to trust humans. No, yeah, yeah, 100%. Or not humans, tr uh, trust yeah. robots, yeah. Yeah, do you think like it has something to do with the, like a compassion factor, like a sort of like relatability? Absolutely. Like, I mean, that, that's that's what I think of when I think of yeah, that, you know? No. Like, I don't know, like I'd want someone operating on me that like has a heart, I feel like. You know, at least maybe that's just my internal mm -hmm. biases because like, Again, like I haven't heard anything about this robot or whatever, so it sounds a little mm -hmm. crazy to me. But like, I don't know. I think there's something to be said about like being uniquely human. Mm, that, absolutely. Um, at I least mean, for now, like a, I feel like a robot can't completely rec replicate. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. like certain traits, like like compassion, empathy, and stuff like that. I don't know. I mean, I'm not a coder, obviously, and I'm certainly not an expert. But I just, I don't know how you teach a robot or like a machine stuff like that. Mm. You know? Yeah. I mean, well, think about how advanced graphics are now. You know, and we were talking about that exponential, like the graphics are insane. There's there's videos that come across my feed of like Forza games um, that I thought were like real wrecks and stuff like that. And it's actually just a video game. Um, but you see those those uh, avatars or whatever. But you, you're still aware that it's obviously it's it's not as good as it will be. But you're still aware that it just seems off. And sometimes it's kind of like creepy, you know, mm -hmm. that it's like mimicking a human. But I'd say with trusting other humans, um, I think comes, I think it's like similar to, let's say you have a politician or a salesman are like talking to you or whatever. And they're able to look you in the eye and tell, tell you about their day. And generally it's probably an experience that, you know, if, if they're not lying that you can like sort of relate to, um, if they're talking about their family or, or, or their siblings, um, or their work. And you just, you can, you can relate to that and that's comforting um on some on some level and i think if, if a robot was trying to you know say the same stuff doesn't matter how well spoken it is um if it has the best vocabulary or it knows you know it can pull data from the internet of like the best words to use to sell to someone mm -hmm. i mean it's just you know it's, it's gonna have that limitation so yeah well it was actually really interesting though Going off of that, we um, one really interesting case study that we re we we read about um, literally like the other day was about um, virtual counselors, you know, um, and one of these companies, which obviously counselors you know, like, like therapists. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And like like a, you know how um, W know has like my mm -hmm. SOS or something like that. Yeah, basically something like that. And there was a study ran um, where it gave a control group like actual human counselors, and then another group. Um, robot counselors, mm. but they didn't know. And actually, people that had the robot counselors responded just as well, if not better, than the people that had human counselors when they didn't know they were a robot. How do they not know? Was it? It wasn't video. It was no, like... no, no, no. Just like text. Just text. Oh. Like you just text with the person. Um, I don't know. I don't. It's like it's mm. weird. You know. I think there's something to be said about human to human interaction that can't be replicated. Yeah. But again, that's all over the phone. The in-person yeah. is always yeah. going to beat out. I mean, this is my opinion. Yeah. I think, I mean, you saw it during COVID. Uh, a lot of people, even even those that would rather have stayed back, for, uh, stayed home or stayed on a, vir a virtual um, platform, still, I would assume, probably would rather be in person. It was just more out of, you know, safety. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I don't know a lot of people that are like, oh, I love the virtual rather than wanting to stay home and play Call of Duty Warzone. That was me.
No. Oh, that was uh, you. You yeah. did that. You well, were senior, that guy? I mean, no, no. I mean, we. we oh, yeah. Not, you were a senior when that. How yeah. was that? How was that for you? How was senior that? Senior year, dude. It was. So I hit my junior year, and then yeah. senior year. It actually, I was talking to someone else. It was, it was a lot more nostalgic, like in a good way. I know COVID was kind of a, a shit show for a lot of people, um, and not the best memory. But I just, it was just, uh, it was, it was an interesting and really fun time because it was my senior year, and regardless, like senior year, and you, you, once you figure out um, that you've gotten into your college, that you can kind of relax and just enjoy the days and. Um, I don't know. It, it was, it was weird, but it was, it was fun. My, I, it was, so it happened in March of my junior year. And then we were preparing for all our AP exams and like we did virtual, we did virtual all week. Mondays, Thursdays were the same, like three classes. And then Tuesdays, Fridays were the same, like three classes. Mm -hmm. And then Wednesday was off. So me and my friend, me and my best friend would always meet. Um, we would go to AP chemistry on Zoom. And get ready for the AP chem exam, which was the worst thing ever because you're just doing AP chem problems, but it's also virtual. So yeah. I had a terrible night exam. Yeah. I took AP chem. Really? Atrocious. I hated that class. I was just, that's when I knew I wasn't built for science. Like, I don't know. I just, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I, really? Yeah. Like doing like all the, I like uh, it better than biology because I like the math. I never took AP bio. Um, I never took AP bio, but I took, I took yeah, bio. Really? Just, okay. I'm, I'm more, I don't know for me, I'm not as much of a math guy. I'm much more of a writing guy. Writing and like, okay. like language arts yeah, and, and history. Like, we're on the same we're on the same page because um, I didn't like it as much in high school, and then I started writing more. And oh yeah, now yeah, you like it. Now you enjoy I'm Shotcom, yeah. Mm. Sir, wait, what are you English major? No, I'm a business major. Actually. Okay, I'm a business major. What's um, your minor? Film, film studies. Ooh. Yeah, I actually, well, that makes sense with the makes sense because there's some classes here at school actually that I I really want to take, um, but I also have two classes left for my film minor. Um, but I was doing some thinking about it and I kind of got everything out of the minor that I wanted anyway, like, yeah. like the production classes and stuff, kind of the classes that remain for me now are, um, you know, more like analysis classes or like writing about movies, which hmm. doesn't really interest me as much, you know, as actually making them. Um, so a lot of the production classes, you know, I already did when I was younger and there are some really cool classes that I want to take in the winter, the winter term next year. Cause I'm going to be abroad in the fall. Okay. Um, that I want to take that, you know, I feel like would benefit me a lot more, yeah. both like intellectually and also just like having a good time. Yeah, and like just trying to get like um, that little title of saying I did the minor or whatever, which is a big thing. Like actually mm -hmm. I've talked about or I've, I've thought about recently and talked with some people about like, I, I would say my biggest advice to younger people. Um, and there's one thing that's taken me my whole college career to think about and realize is um, like not to get caught up in titles. Like, you know, coming to WNL, you'll meet a ton of like super, super ambitious people. Um, and mm -hmm. they're like, oh, I'm double majoring this and doing two yeah. minors in this, mm. or you know, that was like, yeah, I heard that all my freshman year. And, and like, you know, honestly, man, like, unless you want to do something that requires a title, like I don't know, you want to be a doctor or something, or like a lawyer right. or like an accountant, that like you need a degree in that. Like, I don't know, like for example, for me, I realized about halfway through college that I really, really, really like foreign languages. You don't necessarily, at least through my experience, need a degree to show that you can speak a language. If you can speak it, you can speak it. And same with film stuff. Mm -hmm. Like if you can make a cool video or take good pictures, you don't need a piece of paper saying that you took classes yeah. in it. You know, like if you can do it, you can do it. Right. Um, and that's one of my biggest realizations of college was kind of like stepping away from this whole like rat race, like fear of mission out, like comparison culture type yeah. of thing. And, you know, just like going with the flow. I mean, obviously again, like that's not to say like, if you want to be a lawyer, like you got to go mm -hmm. to law school. There's yeah. no way around that really, right, you know, right. but like, 
don't know, with a lot of things like that you would think or you may think upon first thinking about it require stuff or like they don't, you know, like I can speak Spanish. I don't need a degree in it. <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, yeah, if you yeah. speak it, you speak it. There are plenty of people that speak it that never got a degree in it or with anything. You know, there are plenty of people that, you know, go on to be like filmmakers or crazy net geo photographers they didn't study photography in college you know yeah like like if you're good at it you're good at it you know with with a ton of different things that's a good perspective i mean that's i i mean i i'm kind of jealous because i i struggle with the the comparison thing you're talking about i mean i i've always wanted to be around people that push themselves and that are creative and, and driven um and ambitious like you were saying but it's really really difficult to be around all these people and then you know, you work your your ass off to 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 get a a certain grade um, that may satisfy you, but then you hear that maybe someone else uh, did better, and then you're like, well, should I be satisfied with this? Mm-hmm. And then you, you kind of got to step back, and at, at, then you're just going to realize that you're just it's you versus you. Exactly, one hundred percent. Also, you got to realize, like, and at least for me, um, I don't want to like after graduate, I. Hold this to me. If you talk to me in 10 years and I end up doing this, like send this audio to me. All right. I don't want to like do banking or consulting or any of that stuff, you know, which is what a lot of these people want to do, you know, at least coming yeah. to this school. At least a lot of the people I've talked to in the business major, I would say, I don't know. I swear like half of them do it or like want to do it or do like mm. some type of like crazy internship at Wells yeah, Fargo right, or Goldman right. Sachs. All, yeah, that's all I've heard. But I like, exactly. That's all you hear because only the people that's like get it, talk about it, you know, and they talk <laughs> yeah. about it incessantly, nonstop. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, you also got to keep that in mind. I feel like, you know, a lot of people aren't getting stuff. They just don't say anything. So you don't think that they're not getting stuff, you know? Yeah. So it kind of amplifies, oh, it seems like everyone's getting it. And exactly. Then really, no, that's not But then also like, I don't know, if you don't want to do that path, like, I don't know, like for me, you know, I don't want to do that stuff. So I don't even know why I'm putting myself in the same boat as them, you know, and with these like comparisons and stuff like that. I want nothing to do with that career path. So I don't know why I like feel stressed out that I'm not in like the investment society or something like that when that doesn't interest me. Mm. You know? Yeah. And do you kind of, does that like stress you out? Like, was that something that like stressed you out daily? Um, Or like even subconsciously you'd be like, oh, like, I feel like I'm not like, and then you're like, Like, dude, what? Yeah. Yeah. I I think so. And I I think it comes from a place of parental pressure. I mean, obviously like WL is not the cheapest place to go. Yeah. Um, And just like from a purely economic standpoint, you know, you want to get a good return on your investment. Mm, Absolutely. Um, So I think it kind of stems from that as well, you know, Um, but and just like just people I've been around. I mean, I think <clears throat> over the especially like the last year, year and a half, I've kind of distanced myself from like that that toxic like hustle culture. You know, mm-hmm. it's not, again, yeah. that's not to say like like don't work hard and chase your dream, but don't like kill yourself over something you don't like. You know, just because you think someone wants you to do it, or because I don't know, like it's interesting. It's 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 interesting, and I think one of my biggest lessons, one of the biggest lessons that I've come to learn here is to not compare yourself to other people like that especially when you don't have the same goals you know like you have different paths so why are you comparing your path to yeah someone else's, that's you know? yeah i mean yeah you, it, it wouldn't be equal um, um you, don't even, you don't have the same angle so i don't know why you're comparing like mm, the process of getting to somewhere different yeah you know i never heard it uh put that way i like that um well you were you, you mentioned the the parental pressure and i i would say that as much stress um, that I carry and like how obsessed I am with, you know, worrying about others. And I, 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 I day, on the daily, I, I try to bring it back and realize that there's no need to compare, like you were saying. Um, but one thing my parents did really well and that I've um, 
that I realized, um, I, I realized every day is like, yeah, I've never been, you were talking about the, the return on investment. And I don't know if it's my confidence in myself. I don't know if it's, it's just the confidence in, in the school or, or parents, or I think it's a combination of everything, but I've never been terribly worried about where I will end up after this school. There are a lot of people that are like, you know, ask me, Oh, what do you want to do? Or what do you see yourself doing? Um, and a lot of people have that figured out at least some jobs. Yeah. You know, not, not you. No, man. I mean, like, no, I mean, I have a lifestyle that I want to live. I don't have a job yet, like a specific yeah. job title. Right. That is like, you know, like I see on LinkedIn or whatever. I'm like, yeah. I see, jo- I don't see job listings for like yeah. a specific job, you know, that I'm right. crazy about. Well, yeah. That, well, I mean, what I was going to say is like, I, I, I don't have that answer, but I'm, I'm very comfortable with not having that answer much more than, um, I think other people, because my dad's always just explained like one, put yourself in the best, best position you can. If you, you're wrestling here, if you can stick out all four years, that's going to not only look good, but it's going to benefit, um, your mentality and just your discipline. And it's also going to put you in touch and, um, with really hardworking, you know, like-minded people, just like the, the wrestlers and the coaches. But then aside from that, okay, now you're at a school, what classes can you take? What people can you meet? Um, what things can you do to give yourself as many options to succeed? You know, their paths or doorways. Mm -hmm. So as long as you keep developing skills, um, and just, you know, if, if you have that desire to learn, um, you'll be fine. I agree. I mean, like, I, 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 I guess I'm just not stressed because one, I know that I'm in a great institution. I know that the network of people that have my back, um, I already saw it this summer when I, I'm, I did a job, a pressure washing job and they, the, the, the person that, the client that I did it for put me in touch with someone that, um, went to WNL and, yeah. Kind of is doing the same thing I am and we already chatted, but, you know, developing as many skills as you can and just giving yourself options at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I feel very confident coming out of here and then just being like, all right, what do I want to do? Oh, this presents itself to me. This does yeah. too. Let me choose. It's, you know? it's, it's crazy. The power of networking. Mm-hmm. Um, now for me, I haven't done that as much in like a professional sense. I do it like what the way I've done it with, or the way I've, um, like really come to meet a lot of new people. It's just traveling a ton. Um, yeah, well, did, yeah, yeah. I got friends spotted all over. I was going to ask you. Now. I wanted like, to get into to, to travel, yeah. and I also wanted to ask you before, before we get into that. Um, before we lose the topic of AI, but I was going to ask. You're an incredible photographer, mm-hmm. um, and that's obviously something really important to you. But how are you going to? I want. I wanted to hear your thoughts on like AI and and now photography and art and you know people have. Some some people are threatened by AI and art, but at the same time, you know, it's not it's not human. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I haven't done like any crazy research into it, but like I do think definitely like some fears are for sure valid. Um, like especially I don't know, like if you're a painter, for example. One thing I was actually talking about this literally yesterday with my professor in terms of like photography, videography, like stuff on the grounds. I don't know how you could necessarily feasibly replace that you know like having someone with a camera on their head like for example i don't know a war photographer let's say like someone that's like in ukraine right now like taking pictures sending it back to vice or the bbc right like 
I don't know how necessarily you automate that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like that seems like, at least for now, like a very uniquely human job. Um, but I definitely could see it with like someone like maybe the more, I don't know, artistic pose stuff, you know? Yeah. But like in terms of stuff that's like happening in real time, I feel like you kind of need a person there. Yeah. At least that's, that's how I view it. A lot of people aren't, um, threatened by it because people, at, at least a lot of artists, um, and artistic people that I've talked to just kind of say the same thing is like, even, even if everything, if AI took over everything, I, I think, um, or if, if there was no one to listen to your music or this podcast or see your art, people would still make and create those things because it's more for them, mm -hmm. you know? 100%. So I, people, people are naturally, um, curious and creative and, you know, it's just an expression of what's on their mind and their creativity. So I don't think that would stop someone from, you know, obviously you want to share your photos and a lot of people, um, love seeing someone succeed and their creative, um, just like how, how your mind works and you finding this perfect shot and with the light coming in or whatever it is. But even if you didn't promote it and you kept all those to yourself, you would still do it. I'm mm -hmm. sure because, no, because it's, it, it satisfies you. It makes you happy. Um, and I mean, I guess that's kind of why I'm doing this. I just love talking and, and, and speaking with people and hopefully people that listen to this get something out of it too. Yeah. I would definitely say a lot of people, especially the ones that do it like for a job are so impassioned by like their work, you know, that they would do it anyways. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like, I don't know. It's one thing like working like a, a random corporate job that you're kind of just doing like, you know, to like pay the bills or whatever. But mm -hmm. a lot of times I feel like from people that I met that do that stuff professionally would do it even when they weren't raking in the money, you know, cause they did, a lot of them did do it when they weren't raking in the money. You yeah. Know? Like you don't just like, at least the majority of cases, you don't just go in there and make a ton of money doing something crazy like that. Mm -hmm. like, a lot of times you have to, you know, like suck it up and like sleep on a couch every once in a while or something, yeah. you know? Absolutely. So like, I feel like the people that are in that industry are in it because they're so impassioned by it that like they wouldn't feel threatened by something like that. And they do it because they're so impassioned. Like they, it calls them regardless of the money, if mm. that makes sense. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Um, I mean, money is, uh, my friend told me the other day, he's like, money is used to buy more time or money is, is useful because it buys more time, but that time should not be used to make more money or just focus on making more money. It should be used to, you know, enjoy, mm -hmm. uh, the things you enjoy. I may have butchered that, but no, yeah, no, it's kind I, of a, but I, I, I we, we got off topic. You were talking about traveling. Oh yeah. Friends everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. I mean, I mean, let me see. I think I have every continent now. Um, no, not Australia. I don't have Australia in like, okay. in like the, have you been to Australia? I have not. I would love yeah. to go one day. It, it's just the flights are so expensive there, dude. Like it's, yeah. It's what was crazy. that? Like, it's like 13 hour flight probably. <sighs> definitely more. Definitely. Really? More. Yeah. I mean, my flight to Uruguay, which was like very like, as close to direct as you could get, which is, uh, you know, Uruguay is, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. South America. Yeah. That was like 13. Mm. That was Where'd you fly from? Miami. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, it is freaking far, dude. Like, Damn. like I never realized, I guess, how big South America is until I actually had to go through like yeah. half of it. Like it is massive. It is, that really? is a huge continent. It is so long. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah, it took 13 hours, about 11 to 13 hours, somewhere in between there, to go from Miami, like yeah. one of the yeah, southernmost yeah, yeah, cities yeah, yeah, in the yeah, US, yeah, like yeah, exactly. the big hubs that people go, right. like yeah. to go down that to that like region of the world. That's crazy. And it took like 13 hours to get to Uruguay. It's insane. And I had yeah. I like my I had, I guess it's including a layover of like maybe an hour and below. Yeah, yeah. But like even like apart from that, it's a huge huge continent, man. What were you doing in Uruguay? <laughs> well, my ex girlfriend was from there. Um so we She's a little Spanish? Yeah, yeah, man. She's um she was or, born in Uruguay. What, what what is the Uruguayan? Uruguayan, yeah. Uruguayan. Uruguayan. Um Uruguayan. Yeah, Uruguay. Yeah, Uruguay. Uruguayan. <laughs> um yeah, so she she was born there. And her whole family pretty much is from there. Um, just like her immediate family lives mm-hmm. in the U.S., but everyone else, Uruguayan through and through, like born there, grown up there. Interesting. Um, and we were just basically, you know, just hanging around, like doing, like kind of hopping around the country, seeing her family or whatnot. Um, we stayed a while in the capital, Montevideo, which is like right across the river from Buenos Aires. Mm-hmm. Um, Argentina. Argentina, yes. Um, which is a massive city. I'll be actually be there next fall. Really? Yeah, man. Is that big? It's it's like... What's it like equivalent to? Like uh, Austin, yeah. Texas? I, I think it's bigger than Austin. How many people does Austin have? Oh, dude, I... What, mean, like, 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 like more than 2 million? Because Buenos Aires, I think, has 6 million maybe or something. Let's see. It's um maybe the equivalent of like... What do you San Francisco have? Maybe it's like a San Francisco. It's massive, though. It is huge. It's by far like the biggest area... Or that the, six million for I think so. I would I would I would double check it. I'm I'm pretty sure it's a couple million though. It's huge. It's a really really big city. That's um, crazy. It's basically I guess the equivalent of New York of Argentina. Yeah. It's like the big city center. Um. But basically back to Uruguay. Um. Yeah. We were chilling in Montevideo, which is a cool city. It's like, it's definitely slower than um like New York or something like that because Uruguay is a small country. Just the whole country yeah. has four million people, and. Like a like I think forty percent of them or something lives in like the capital city. Huh. It's like a lot of concentration in that, like, that little coastal yeah. area. Um, but we were there, and then we went to some other states. There's one called Canelones, which is right outside Montevideo. It's really really cool. Um, and her family lives there, so we hung out with them for like I guess like we were there for like honestly a week and a half. Like they literally live right on the water. It's it's really interesting. Um, one thing I noticed while I was there and really just like getting to know throughout my time here at WNL more international people mm-hmm. is like how different like the pace of life is in other places. Like in Uruguay, like, I mean, you know, they got their own problems. Like it's not like <laughs> not necessarily like as financially secure as the U.S. in some senses or even as like yeah. physically secure, you know, but like the people there are so much more relaxed. Like, yeah, like, I don't know, man, like there's like. Like people don't get like so worked up over little things like here. It's really yeah. interesting. Um, and that goes back to what I was saying about like the whole hustle culture. Like that seems like a a very American mindset and maybe some other places, maybe maybe some places in Western Europe or like Japan or something. But like Uruguay and a lot of other places in South America, like I have friends from Brazil, Argentina, Colombia. Um, it's just not like that. Colombia. Colombia. Um yeah, it's yeah. not like that. No, man. I mean, it's just like, like they'll have work, but then like before work, you know, they'll go sit on the beach and like some mate or something. You know, like they're not gonna, they're not like freaking out, like yeah. you know, getting the morning coffee, like juggling a bajillion things. Like it's just like that's funny. It's just like a smooth like rolling, you know, like. And you felt that immediately, kind of when you got. Oh, there. immediately, you can tell in the vibe with the vibes of everything, with the vibes of everything. You can just mm. tell like the way people conduct themselves, the way people act and treat you. Um, it's very very different mm. i would say i mean i guess from what i've heard i haven't been yet 
but um in some of the city centers it that kind of gets a little bit lost obviously because that's like yeah i mean the city's like like, right. like right, right. for stuff like that but like anywhere else man and even in the city like much more like yeah chill, that's you nice. know what I mean? which is really cool it's really cool and it really like i don't know it it was good for the soul. It's good for the soul, that stuff. Yeah, you know? well, yeah. I mean, I, I need to experience something like that. It, it, I, I bet that's kind of hard, though, to come back to everything fast-paced. And- it, it was, especially because the semester I came back. So I went there from like almost exact immediately after we left um, this fall, like for winter break. Right. Until I got back late, actually, into this winter term. So I was there for over a month. Mm. Um, and this particular winter term was not fun academically. Like I was taking yeah. a really tough class. Yeah, because I was trying to trying to get ahead on a lot of classes I needed for the business major. So when huh. I went abroad, when I went abroad to um, or when I go abroad to Argentina this fall, I'm not like stressing out about classes or yeah. like graduating on time and stuff. Right. So I figured, you know, I'd suck it up for this past mm. semester. There you go. Um, and like just take the hit. You know, just put my head down and grind. Oh yeah. Um, so like, you know, it's kind of like delayed gratification, you know? So later in the fall, chilling, you know, having the best time of my life. Um, but yeah, no, I have, I have friends everywhere. Um, let's see. Is Uruguay real quick. Is is Uruguay, um, is it directly South of Florida? So is it in the same, same time zone? No, it's an hour ahead, maybe two. I think, I think one hour ahead. Uh, So it's like, it's interesting. Like South America, like tapers, oops, like tapers off like a Mm -hmm. lot to the side. Mm -hmm. And Uruguay is like right on the coast. So it's an hour ahead technically, um, which wasn't a big difference at all, like going to sleep or anything. Yeah. But um, no, man, yeah, I got friends spotted everywhere. I got friends in Mexico, Colombia. um, I got some friends in Peru. A ton of, I got a decent amount of friends from Argentina. So mostly South America. Central and South America. Uh, I would say so, but I also I also have friends in other places like um, Egypt, for example, Morocco, a um, couple friends in Spain, uh, Austria. Uh, let me think where else. Friend in Japan. I don't. Not, That's somewhere I want to visit. Japan seems really really cool. Yeah, that just seems like as far away from U.S. culture as you can get. Yeah, but um, but the, I, yeah, no, I just think I, I love their their art and just whole yeah vibe of. Um, yeah. Have you Everything. taken a language here? Do you take Russian? Yeah, dude. Russian minor. Wow. Yeah. How's that going? Do you like it? Uh, da. Konyechna. Ya. Konyechna. Ya zabil, uh, ya zabil kak govrit poruski mnoga. I just said, I, I, <laughs> I, just said I, I forgot how to talk uh, <laughs> a lot in Russian. Oh. Uh, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't caught up in my vocabulary, um. but what's funny about Russian, um, and I, I was going to say, cause you, you talked about how like foreign languages, I, I love language. I Same took Spanish, here. um, up until I took AP Spanish. I did Ooh. fine. I did well on the, the AP exam, but I don't know. I just, I wanted something different. I need to. What sucks though is is since I've been taking Russian, I've forgotten like a lot of like easy vocab for Spanish. Oh yeah, I mean, so yeah, I'm gonna I, come across that for sure. But like, I need to, I want to clean up on it because I want to be able to, I can hold a conversation decently. Probably not as, definitely not as well as you, um, just because you you're much more developed in it. But um, Russian's cool because one, I think it's, I think it's fun to be able to read the um, a different alphabet that looks like hieroglyphics. No, to people. Dude, no, literally, like yeah. that's such a cool thing about like knowing a language with a different alphabet is yeah. like people that don't know that alphabet like have no starting point. Like yeah. with Spanish, you can guess the words like, oh, I think this means that. Yeah, 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 exactly. But Russian, like no clue. Like yeah. it could like literally when you speak it, like sound the exact same. Like John always says burger, burger, yeah, like, like, that, like that, burger. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like if it was written in Cyrillic though, like. 
I can't read it. You know, I, I don't mm. know. This is yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, so it's like that's it's like a hilarious. code language. It's like yeah, a code yeah. language for anyone that doesn't know it. Yeah, which you know, I think it, is, so it cool. is. It is cool, and I, uh, they also don't use articles, which is funny. So that makes sense yeah. though. When you hear the accent, when you hear someone though that like you know is coming from Russian that like started learning English recently, like, yeah. so like like Icris or something like that. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, or, like, yeah, like yeah, something yeah. like that. You know, but like it makes perfect sense then, and that's actually a way that I've been able. I feel like to pick up on um, like Spanish or whatever is I'll talk to non-native speakers and see the mistakes they make in English. And I'm like, oh, they're definitely pulling that from their first language, mm. which is a really interesting thing to like look at and look for if you like think about it in the moment, you know? Yeah. Because um, a lot of times, I mean, people go back to their default unless they're really, really experienced in a foreign language. So like when they make mistakes, it's probably because they're replying a rule from their old language. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that makes sense. The... It's weird because with um, learning Russian, there's six verbs of motion. So there's there's a there's a verb for to go there and back walking. There's a verb for to just go there walking, but not come back. There's a different verb for to go there and back by car um, or by transportation. Um, and there's a verb for to go there but not come back by car and then um the other two i i forget the other two but basically you have to know um you have to know like like you just have to kind of know those and then the 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 logic behind that is not always equivalent to the logic in english like yeah. um I, you have to say uh, a sentence ya idu v restaurant so i go i i i go to the restaurant mm-hmm. um you can't use um ya khaju which is to go there and back because it's not implied that you're coming back you mm. just what if you know what if i may be screwing this up but my teacher explains like well you don't know if you're gonna come back immediately you know wow yeah and they like so unless you russians, know for certain yeah. you can't use that yeah word. russians like wow like yeah well obviously you don't know if it's come back and i was like well what do you mean i'm gonna come back yeah, to my yeah, house. Yeah. No, you know what I mean? well it's crazy it's crazy this is a conversation i've had with a lot of my friends um especially this past year i've become friends with a lot of language teachers um because i live in the casa hispanica here on campus yeah. um and there i lived with um the spanish ta meli and then uh-huh. the portuguese ta Diogo. Um, and they have these conversations a lot, you know, that like the language you speak really does like view the way you, um, you view the world, you know, it completely, mm, completely shapes absolutely. it. Um, and it's really interesting. You don't, I feel like you don't notice it until you start really in depth, like learning another language. And I feel like I definitely felt that way learning Spanish and now Portuguese. Yeah. Um, there are just some things that like would never make sense in English, you know, and you just kind of have to like take it for what it is. Like you can't like translate it back to your language, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, like I'm sure that, you felt that the does way not work like you just Russian gotta, at all. You just got to know it and you just mm-hmm. got to like get a feel for it, which I think comes with time. Mm-hmm. But if you try to directly translate everything back, like you'll end up lost 90% no, yeah. of the time. Um, that's, that's my problem is I want to translate when, 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 when our professor gives us long sentences, um, they have free order in their sentences. So you can have, it's not just subject, verb, object, or um, subject, verb, direct object like it is in English. It's... You have subject, then you can have object, then you can have verb. Oh, do they have like special then, endings that like indicate where it is or something? Y- um, sort of. There's, yeah, uh, yeah, I'd say so. That's the easiest, wow. the easy way. But you have to read the entire sentence and then ch- find your uh your verbs and everything, and then you can be able to to re- 
you know, put it back together like a puzzle piece. So wow. it's not, yeah. Cause if I say I, to the restaurant with friends, we went, mm-hmm. that doesn't make sense. Yeah. No. You're like what the hell? No, literally. but you can do that. You can, yeah, you can just say that in Russian. And it's really interesting. In Russian, would you say, I'm not sure if you are comfortable to answer this, like that, like those different structures, although it is free flowing, like they have different implications depending on where you put the specific words. Like, like, you know, like if you want to be poetic, like you could like reorder it one mm, way. It's, I'm not at that step. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, all good, man. Um, all good. I mean, maybe. I, like, I, cause I mean, even with English, like you can f- like fizzle around a little bit, yeah, you know, and like yeah. it does have like a, it can have a, like a big difference, you mm-hmm. know, with like ha- where you put the word or like what you put emphasis on. Um, mm-hmm. and you can definitely do that in Spanish as well. Um, Spanish is a little bit looser than English, not as much as Russian, it seems, but yeah. like definitely like looser. Where no, like, no, definitely. like I like hear something like especially at the beginning, not as much now. I would say I'm pretty confident in Spanish, but um, where you know I'd have to like double, like you know think again, you know yeah, think twice yeah, before yeah, like yeah. like right. did I really get what they just said or mm-hmm. like you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Do you think it's Spanish? Yeah, I would say that. I've tried to like really, really, really immerse myself in it almost to the point where it's kind of like an obsession. Like I. I wake up in the morning. I listen to all the news in Spanish. I um I go to class. I, I take my notes in Spanish. That's wild. I live in a Spanish speaking house where I speak almost exclusively Spanish with people. Um, Damn it, dude! Because my that's friends what I abroad want with Russian, man. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm that's, that's, that's just like, so much discipline. That's hard to no, do. No, it is frustrating. It, it is in the beginning. I mean, in the beginning, but now yeah, I feel like a beast, and it's fun. Yeah, it's you fun should. Now. It's, it's fun. cool it's, as it's hell. It's fun now. It's fun now. But like the hump is huge you know like it's just yeah. it's such an, a daunting thing to like do that and be really disciplined with yourself for me like i was actually just talking with the um the fulbright advisor matthew lord oh sorry what are we looking like on time um whatever you i got class at 130 so oh, okay okay we'll, we'll wrap this up we'll go to 25 sounds 25. great sounds great so basically like i don't know and i attribute this to to my success in the language i would say i speak very very strongly especially considering this time that um like how long ago i started yeah but um like you know really just like is i feel like a lot of the things that you can apply to like physical like like mental toughness you know like pushing through workouts and stuff yeah you can kind of apply that to a language in a sense in the sense that um for example let's say you have a really long day uh you have class all day you practice or whatever you know i would come home and you know i really want to decompress be like psych now you're watching youtube you can watch youtube but you're gonna do it all in spanish all the youtubers you watch they're gonna be in spanish they're gonna talk in spanish yeah but even like the little things like that that like makes a difference it makes a huge difference man like i mean even like if you just think at like the constant exposure you have to words um like even like if you don't remember the word you can't use it in a sentence like just being exposed to it Mm -hmm. allows you to recognize it later on and when you recognize it a couple times you know like the the neurons start firing or whatever the links in your brain Mm -hmm. and you start making these connections and it just it just comes to you Mm -hmm. and for me with my learning i would say the majority of my learning has been outside of the classroom just me doing stuff of my own accord to the point where like i just kind of like know what sounds right at this point you Mm -hmm. know like yeah kind of like how i learned english and i feel like that's the best way so just like talk with people and then with time you'll get a feel for it instead of like trying to memorize rules or mm-hmm. whatever yeah, yeah like yeah. that that might be good for a good starting point but besides that like um no no no, no. i'm saying oh. i'm saying no i was pointing because you had it you hit that right on the nail you know, like, like i 100 I agree like it's a good starting point for someone that's never learned a language before yeah but like besides the initial stuff i feel like getting caught up in the weeds of grammar slows you down significantly more than like what i did was um just learn a ton of vocab words you know like kind of like how a baby talks like you know yeah. you say i don't know jar computer or whatever yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then with time you'll be able to form sentences and yes. like know yes. how it flows 
But in terms of like getting your idea across, it's more important, I feel like, to know the vocab words, mm. you know, because because people you talk to will be able to piece it together, even yes. if it's not perfect grammar. Absolutely. Like if you get tripped up trying to speak yeah. perfect grammar, you're never going to speak yeah, your I idea know, Yeah, yeah. I, I can understand some of my professors that, you know, don't have the perfect grammar down, but like exactly. I know what they're doing. Exactly, exactly. And then yeah. with time, you know, when you start getting the inputs, when you when you start hearing other people like talk mm -hmm. with really, really good grammar or native-like grammar, whether it's perfect or not, you know, depending on however they talk. Yeah. Like you'll just get a feel for it. And I feel like that's happened to me yeah. a lot with Spanish. And now even with Portuguese, you know, I have a lot of friends with that talk exclusively in Portuguese too. That's um, sick. And, you know, I feel like now, especially, I mean, it help, it's kind of a cheat code that I know Spanish because they're so similar. Really? Like, I, I was going to ask. I, I didn't know. Like, for some reason, I thought Portuguese was like similar to French in a way. Well, it's like Portuguese sounds like Spanish, but in cursive is what it sounds like. It's a lot more like the inflections Ooh. of when you speak it. Like for example- Do me a favor, <coughs> speak a sentence in Spanish and then the okay. same sentence in okay. Portuguese. Um, Something like simple, okay. I don't know. Okay, I speak Spanish in my house. You follow Portuguese na minha casa. It's like, you know, it's like, it's like, it's like cursive Spanish. Yeah, but it's like a little bit more spicy. It is, no, it is, it's so fun. It's so, I, I love speaking Portuguese. I think it's such a fun language. It's just, it's kind of a, Excuse my language. It's like a mind fuck because yeah. in Portuguese, a lot of times they shorten the words that they have in Spanish. So, like for example, um, the verb tener, like yo tengo yep. or vos tenés. Yeah. Sorry, that 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 changed. Like tú tienes, tú tienes, vos tenés is what I would say. Um, vos, vos. It's like vos. so. Like that's like the specific word that they use in the region of like Argentina, Uruguay, Paraguay. Yeah. I think I remember learning that in high school. It's been a while. I'm, I'm sure. Well, you probably learned vosotros. That's from Spain. Da, 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 da. That's from Spain. Russian. But yeah, Russian. Russian. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, like they just like, they shorten everything. So uh -huh. like tener is ter. Ter. Yeah. It's just like T-E-R. Yeah. And I'm like, how the hell do I work with that? You know, <laughs> like it's just weird. Yeah. But like, or like, for example, um, when I said, yo hablo en mi casa in Portuguese, or see, uh, like, you follow na minha casa. Na is en la. Huh. En yeah. la na. Yeah. You just smash the no. two together. Yeah, because because I know in Spanish yeah. when you say in L, it's or no, not in L, it's well. Um, I mean, if you were to say something that you well, oh, uh, del, del, yeah, del, 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 del. So it's like that, but with everything in Portuguese, mm. pretty much. So like, if you want to say en el in Portuguese, you say nu. Yeah, like dude, that's so cool. Or like, or like, that's so fun though. Yeah, or like, I don't know, en una. You say numa. Like it's Ooh. like it's just everything is smashed together. So it's like the way the analogy that I used to describe it is that like, you know, say someone's sprinting, right? And they're sprinting, they're running as fast as they can. Like for Portuguese speakers, it's much easier to un understand Spanish because it's like slowed down Portuguese, you know? Yeah, That's not yeah, cursive. Yeah. It's like block, mm -hmm. it's like block Portuguese mm -hmm. if I had to like put it in writing. Right. Um, but to have a Spanish speaker go to Portuguese, it's like telling someone that that's, that's already sprinting to sprint faster. You know, it's significantly harder. Yeah, because they do talk pretty fast. Well, they yeah. talk fast that, but then also like just like the rules, you know, you're used to it being spread out and yeah. then all of a sudden it's all one word. Like yeah. it's significantly harder to go to that versus like you being used to it all being one word and then going into separate words. Crazy. You know? Dude, that's so fun. I but, love talking about language. No, that's dude. That's exciting because I, I definitely want to talk to you about more outside of it because just like... I think language is so cool, but I'm really, really jealous or not jealous. I, I, I guess I just see it like it's not impossible because I want to get there with Russian. Yeah. And I wanted to, to say, um, and, and we're going to have to wrap up pretty soon, but yeah. um, with with uh, Russian, um, it's uh, my professor like emphasized like a baby doesn't grow up speaking sentences, knowing grammar. 
Exactly. They just hear and repeat. They hear, they listen and repeat. And sentences just make sense, you know, and stuff that you say so often, like once you expand your vocabulary, sometimes you have to think more and then that'll eventually become so natural. Um, exactly. But they just listen and repeat and they understand what that means. So my, my professor, um, I've learned so much Russian um, in only four semesters mm -hmm. because of the way she structures her class where I'm just listening, repeating, and I know that I naturally say, yeah, I do в restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what that means. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. I do в restaurant. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I go to the restaurant with friends. Mm -hmm. You know that I know struziami. Yeah. With friends where druzia is friend. Uh -huh. um, it just flows. Yes. Perfect. Oh. And, and it sounds like it's like, you get that little like tingle, like, nah, like yeah. dude, I'm the, I'm the fucking man. No, literally, yeah, bro, literally. Sick. So but you have the accent down and everything. Nah, man. Well, it's, it's pretty sick. Yeah, well, it's because yeah, I've just I pursued it tirelessly, and Good. I really, really tried to you know That's learn impressive. like a baby would learn. Um, I need to do it, the same. It helps. You just got to get good friends that speak the language like a native and mm -hmm. don't necessarily want to improve their English. <laughs> yeah. um, That's right. That's what I would say. So just find a ton of Russian friends, or you know. Um, I don't know, from any other country. I don't know if you want to learn like Russian, Russian, or like, I don't know. Maybe Belarus, maybe Belarusian. Yeah. Um, Does it vary a lot from country to country? Not so Belarusian, um, Ukrainian, and Russian are more similar than, than not, but the things that differ are uh, just like the small, um, just the, 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 a lot of vocab between, I know, I don't, I don't know a lot about. Belarusian, but I know Ukrainian and Russian, a lot of vocab is different. And then um, just like common words like niet is no in Russian and in Ukrainian say ni. Mm. Ni. Da, da, da. Um, and uh, I forget the other ones, but and then like there's some like uh, vowels that are, you know, switched for like anytime you say like ooh. Um, and I don't. I don't Same in yeah. Spanish and Portuguese. It's yeah. the exact, it's like it's very similar. Like in Portuguese, words that end with O. What time is it? We good? 25. Okay, okay, okay. okay yes, okay. finish your thought. Okay, last thing. Um, like, for example, in Portuguese, it, words that end in O, you pronounce it kind of like a U sound. Yeah. So, for example, um, in Uruguay, this isn't really said anywhere else besides Uruguay, but if you say, like, yo estoy pronto, like, that means, like, I'm ready. Estoy listo. But in estoy Portuguese, you would say, eu estou pronto, but it's like a U sound at the end. Eu estou pronto, pronto. pronto. Dude, that, that is a fun little it is, uh, No, it different. flows very, very well. Okay, That's cool. But, I'll let you go to class. Uh, if you want to talk again, because this is a really, oh, like, this, the ending this of this, bro, awesome. the ending of this was good, and I could talk about this stuff This for was a hours. great episode. So um, if you want to talk about specifically this stuff that yeah. we talked about at the end, any other time, I got I'd you. I'd love man. to. All right, Chris Torrey, you're the fan, dude. Harper, bro, thank Thanks you, man. Thanks for coming Thanks on. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah.